We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Two Sundays on this theme, Mosaic. I'm going to preach on it today, but it will end, we'll finalize it next Sunday because next Sunday is what? Mother's Day. And so next Sunday, we're going to have special guest speaker with us talking about the mosaic of motherhood. And so be here next Sunday. Bring your moms and have a great day. A mosaic is this. It is a picture or pattern produced by arranging together small colored pieces of hard material such as stone, tile, or glass. And we've been talking about how that in a mosaic, the, the artist has it conceptualized in his mind or her mind. And then he finds broken pieces that fit into one particular place. You cannot be used in a mosaic until you're what? Broken. And every broken piece can be used. We talked about all the ways that we are broken in our lives. We talked about the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, how that God used broken people. Today I want to talk about you being that piece. Only one piece can be in one place. And you are that piece in the mosaic because if, if you're not there, the mosaic is not complete. God is the ultimate artist, right? And he takes our lives and puts them into places. We don't understand it while we're doing it. And we go through times we're broken. It hurts. It hurts. But God takes that brokenness and says, here's what I'm going to do to use you. And then in my last illustration last week, I talked about uh, Mr. Stradivarius, Antonio Stradivarius. How that he was a very poor man. Most people thought he was very wealthy, but he was a very poor man. He didn't have access to all the great woods and trees. But what he would do is go down into the harbor in the early mornings and find pieces of driftwood. Take that driftwood, pick it up, and here's what I love. He'd look at it and go, you have no idea what you're about to become. Wow. And God picks us up and looks at us and says, you have no idea what you're about to become. I'm going to make a beautiful sound out of you. And it was only years and years later that they discovered that there were microscopic organisms that ate through some of the cells in the wood, thus giving it the greatest tones and resonations of any uh, violin ever created by man. God takes that which others call trash and makes it something beautiful. And so I want to just recount a couple of things real quick before I get into the message today. In the first week, I talked about how God oversees our future. He oversees it. So you don't have to worry about tomorrow. God's already watching over that for you. He overcomes our past. It doesn't matter who we are or what we've done. God can overcome it. And then he overrides the present. No matter what we're going through, God can take it and turn it into good. And last week I talked about how that no one is beyond the grace of God. Not one. Thank God for that. Our church is filled with people who are broken at one point in their life. Amen. And God is taken by His grace Amen. and changed us into something beautiful. Amen. God will accept you where you are. And that's a great message, isn't it? Amen. 
But a lot of churches stop right there. We want everybody to come just as you are. Absolutely. But when you come as you are and God accepts you, He will then change what you are. You cannot get in the presence of God and stay the same. He will challenge you. He will change you. And then God will use who you are in all these different things. I thank God for all the ministries that we're involved in with the prison ministries and, and Bridgeway and all the other ministries around this town. All the ministries in, in the state. All the ministries in our country and other countries around the world. That's because when we get together, we can accomplish great things. If one can put to flight a thousand, two, ten thousand. When God's people get together, all of us broken, not looking like much by ourselves, but as He puts us in the masterpiece, we then become very beautiful and very useful, and we are that peace. No one else can be you but you in the family of God. Seven plus billion people, and you're the only one. You're the only one. I talked about how that we all have a family tree. We all are descendants. Associated Press says that 100% of all of us are direct descendants from royalty. If you go back in all of our ancestry, we're all descendants of royalty. And here's what I've learned in my life. That all of us have so much potential that we are unaware of. As a young man, I realized this first point I want to talk about today, that everyone is invited into God's family. Everyone. Everyone. We talked about Matthew 1 and, and Luke 1. And, and Matthew, he was a Jewish man. And the Jews had heard about the Messiah, and they were excited about the genealogy. So when... I told you God had been silent for 400 years between Malachi and Matthew. But when God started talking to most of us, it's kind of boring. Genealogy. Couldn't it have been something more exciting? But to the Jew, this was the most exciting news. He shows his lineage and they got excited because they are part of the lineage of the Messiah. In this day and time, there were two major uh, groups of people, the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were people who had a covenant with God. They had that covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They had the Mosaic law. Israel was set apart. God's chosen holy people. And the Gentiles, well, they were outcasts, outsiders. I talked about three women last week. I talked about Tamar, Rahab, Bathsheba. There's one more woman. There's a fourth woman that I saved for today. Her name is Ruth. Look at this. Matthew 1, 5. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. Now, Ruth was a Moabite. When you understand what it means to be a Moabite, you'll understand that Moabites were a race that were conceived in incest. Yeah. It was messed up. But how many know that this is real life? How many know that life gets messy? And the Bible shows it to us. What happened was, Lot had two daughters. They were not married. These 
these two daughters got their father drunk, had intimate relationships with him, and had children. And thus we get the Moabite race, the Moabs, the Moabites. And Ruth was a descendant of Moab. The Jews, i got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not happy to say this, but they were pretty racist people. They were pretty racist, especially against Moabites. Israel fought with Moabites all the time. Read it in the Bible. There's a lot of ites in there, but there's a lot of Moabites too. Perizzites, Jesuits, all those others you read about. Them. They hated each other. Ruth was an outcast, an outsider, a Gentile. Listen today, we don't need racists. We don't. We need racists. We don't need racists in our society. We need racists. We need to look around each other and go, I, I don't know what your past is. You see, when I was born into this earthly family, I didn't have a choice as to which family I was born into. But when I was born into the family of God, I made that choice to become a child of God. See, some of us start off with pluses in life. Some of us start off with minuses by the families we're born into. Not everybody starts off at the same place. But if we are wise, the Bible tells us if you are wise, we can all end up in the same place. Because we can choose to be a part of the family of God. We can choose to be a part of the diversity of the mosaic that God is trying to put together in your life. I don't see how it all fits together in my life. Right now, I see through a glass dimly. But one day face to face. And one day I believe the Lord's going to reveal to me, here's why all that happened in your life. And I'm going to go, oh, okay. I told you about this, this pastor we've been praying for. He used a testimony of mine from 2000 with God healing me of throat cancer. He used that testimony in his church just a few weeks ago. People begin to have faith and belief. Yeah. Stories of, of Sandy being healed of ovarian cancer, these kind of things. Man, I don't know why we went through this, but God's going to turn it around for His glory. And some other people are going to go, hey, He has no respect for a person. What He does for one, He will do for another. I believe God can heal me too. I believe God can do anything. Nothing is impossible. So we've got Ruth the Moabite. She married Naomi's son. Well, he died. Shattered her life. Naomi's husband died. So Naomi says, let's get out of here. So Ruth and Orpah were the two daughter-in-laws. And Ruth said, I'm going to stay with you. Orpah said, I'm out of here. She left. So they go back. They go back to their home country. They go back to where Ruth won a beauty queen contest. She fulfilled her destiny. God used her to release people from bondage. And she is such an important part of the genealogy and lineage that God even allowed a, a a book of the Bible to be named after a Moabite. Isn't that amazing? In the Old Testament where there's no grace, God says, you know what? You're part of the family. I don't care how you started out. Yeah, you started out from a race that was a, a conceived in incest. But look at what I'm going to take and make. A, look, you have no idea how beautiful your life is going to be. Can you imagine when her husband died and all hope is gone? Can you imagine questioning God? Why? Why did you allow this to happen? 
And then going back and having to pick things out of the corners of the field and say, God, this was not what I dreamed my life to be. Hey, listen, all of us have been there, right? As young boys, as young girls, we dream our lives out. And this is how it's going to be. And then real life happens and it gets messed up. And just like Lot and his two daughters, I mean, this stuff is Jerry Springer material, man. You're trying to find out who's the daddy and all this stuff. Life gets messed up. In the middle of all that, God can be at work taking your broken life, taking your mess, taking your broken piece and said, hey, I've got a place. You are that piece in the mosaic. I've got a spot just for you in the family of God. I've got some grace and mercy. Come on. I'm excited about this. In spite of all, she was invited into the family. She's in the design of God's mosaic. Wow. And if God can do that for Ruth, how much more can he do it for you and I? Everyone is invited. Everyone is included in God's love. Look at Luke 3.23. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son. So it was thought. Of Joseph. The son of Heli. So it was thought. Don't you love how God kind of just put that in there? Well. He was the son of Joseph. So people thought. Have you ever wondered what people are thinking? <laughs> you see, we have our perception of what people think about us. And then, if you talk to enough people, you'll find the revelation of what people think about you. You know, we, we try to put on a certain front so that people will think certain things about us, right? Well, I hope this is what you think about me. But sometimes those messages are so messed up. And God says, people think that Joseph was the father. But if Joseph would have been the father, the genealogy would have been messed up, right? Because we talked about Joseph and his lineage. God says, hey, things are not always the way they're thought to be. Some people look perfect. That's what they want you to think. Things are not always as you think they are. Joseph was not the baby daddy. Who was? God the Holy Spirit. Matthew twenty-two forty-one. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? In other words, who's the daddy? Who's the father? Well, some thought it was Joseph. We've got a lot of people today doing a whole lot of thinking. But it's not right. It's some stinking thinking. They need to check up from the neck up. I mean, they're so messed up. We've got to understand, we've got to get into this word. Who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin. And that separates us from all the other religions in the world. He lived a life tempted in every way, yet without sin. He died on the cross. He paid for our sins. He's redeemed us. He's called us.
my name. He went into the tomb. He's resurrected. He's alive. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And right now he's praying for you. Saying, come on. You are that peace. Come on. He's praying for the preacher. Saying, come on, pastor. Tell him how much I love him. Tell him I can take it no matter how it's messed up. I can take it and make something beautiful out of it. God became part of the earthly family so that we could become part of the heavenly family. Wow. Love beyond my comprehension. Ephesians 1.4 For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. Wow. He chose us. He said, hey, you are that piece. How many of you grew up in a, in a world to where uh, we didn't always get participation? You, you either won or you lost. You know? How many of you grew up to where on the playground you had to choose teams? Well, they don't do that anymore because somebody's feelings might get hurt. But I grew up where you had to choose teams. I don't even want to ask you how many of you were the last one chosen. Don't raise your hands. It was already hard enough. Your life is already crushed and broken. Don't relive it. I hate choosing teams. Yeah. But God chose you first. <laughs> Come on. He said, okay, you're, you're on my team. You're, you're my family. Come on. Red Rover, Red Rover, come on over. Let's go. You're on my team. First John 4, 8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is what? Love. Love. Worship is loving God back for all that he's done for you. I'm still finding depth in his love that I had no awareness of even a year ago. No awareness of even a month ago. Why? Because I'm getting closer and closer. And, and the closer I get, the more I see him and the less I see me. John said, Christ must increase so that I must decrease. When we get close to God, we are celebrating that. We are not saying, hey, here's what I want you to think about me. No. Here's what I want you to know about me. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am on His team. He loved you and He loved me. The Bible says while we were unlovable, while we were still in our state of sin, He loved us and gave His life for us. Wow. Without ever knowing if you're going to choose him or not, he chose you. Everyone is invited. Everyone is included. And the most, and I love this one, everyone is important to the heart of God. There's no little eyes and big eyes and look at me and look at you and look at you and look at me. There's none of that. God has children that are not stepchildren. He has children that's not a blended family. But all of us are blood children. 
We have the same blood through, flowing through our veins that Jesus Christ had flowing through him. We are royalty today. And we need to live like it, act like it, think like it. Yes. We've got to. Yes. I heard a gentleman that well, I did the, uh, the day of prayer uh, Thursday and I was down at the Veterans Plaza. And I, I led prayer for the military for our country. And I was so honored to be a part of that. But one of the gentlemen there, he was praying, he said, if the president was to call me and ask for me to help him in any way, I would. He said, I would, I would go buy a brand new suit, I'd suit up, and then I'd show up. And here's what I would say to the president. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Anything I can do to help you, I will do it. And that hit me. I thought, how many of us are suiting up and showing up to God? Bigger than the king. I'm not talking about LeBron James either. I'm talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm going to suit up, show up and go, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever I can do to help you out, just let me know and I'll do it. But today, sometimes we get this thinking, thinking that goes, well, what God are you doing for me? Hey, look at the cross. Is that not enough? Look at the tomb. Is that not enough? How come you want me to continue to do more for you? I need you to do something for me. Because love is a two-way street. How many of you have been in some situations where in your relationships it was all one way? After a while, that gets old. You're always giving, always giving, always giving, and nothing in return. Everyone is important. I don't care what family you were born into. It doesn't matter. we got to get rid of the victim mentality and start getting ready for the victor mentality. Come on. we got to start knowing we are conquerors through Jesus Christ. Hey, listen, I, I've got a bad past too. You should hear my wife's history. Oh, my goodness, it's scary to death. But we don't dwell on that. I told you, i got family members. I'm like, oh, my goodness, they cannot be a part of my family. Please, Lord, tell me they're not related to me. You do too. But I'm not going to dwell on the, the, the earthly family that I was born into. I'm going to dwell on the eternal family that I chose to be a part of. Look at who I am. And look what God's making out of my life. And look what God is going to do in my life. I'm included. I'm invited. I'm important. I am. And everybody has a place in God's family. Every one of us. You are that peace. But you got to be broken. Don't, don't puff your chest out of God. Let me tell you a funny story. I just thought about it. When I was in college, getting ready to graduate, that's a scary moment because for, for four years, you have an agenda. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where I'm going. You've got direction. And when you're getting ready to graduate, the whole world all of a sudden opens up. Then you've got to do something with that degree. So I started praying. Now I was born and raised in Mississippi, right? A poor white boy in Mississippi. I was in college. Here was my prayer. God, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll lay down my life. I'll go to the four corners of the world. Which is where I just moved from. <laughs> I did. I went to the four corners. I will do whatever you ask me to do and go where you want me to go, but not to Mississippi. 
God took my little heart. Meridian, Mississippi. North side of Simlet, God. I said, God, what are you doing? You have no idea how beautiful I'm going to make you. This is not fun. You have no idea. <laughs> I am the master. I am the artist. You stay in obedience. Yes, sir. I did not want to go to Meridian, Mississippi. God sent us there. Beautiful time in our life. Had one of the greatest youth groups I had ever in my life there at the church. We started out with three. <clears throat> they hated us. <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> then one was there. I got my guitar out. Hallelujah, praise God. Me and Sandy and three youth. Man, I'm getting after like we got 5,000. <laughs> in just a few months, man, God exploded in that youth group. Kids today still call us. Now they're married with kids. Man, they're old. <laughs> but I didn't realize the impact. Some of them are evangelists. Some of them are part of singing groups today. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are doing things around. And some of them are moms and dads and plumbers and electricians. And I've got some of them that are helicopter pilots. I've got some of them that are computer science people. Why? Because they are that peace. Yes. And in my youth group, I was wanting to kill half of them. <laughs> Be right in the middle of doing it. I'm laying down. I'm preaching as hard as I can. And somebody raised their hand. When are we going to Six Flags? What? That's what you're thinking about? Next weekend. But you're not going. I had this wonderful young lady. Her name was Mitzi. We called her Ditsy Mitzi. She had hair like this. I thank God that God changed her. Because when she was a teenager, but God looks at her and God looks at every one of those youth. God gave me another youth group from kids around the world. I was able to be a youth pastor of kids from the United Arab Emirates. I was at, from, the, from Russia, from Sweden, from all the parts of the country around the world. I was a youth pastor of those kids. And they're going back to their countries and, and winning people for God. Because I'm making something beautiful. You are that peace. And every brokenness in your life, God is breaking it off of you and making you so you fit what He wants you to be. Not what you want to be. Not what we get to choose, but what He chooses. Ephesians 2.10 We are God's handiwork. You're not your own handiwork. You're not making your own life. We are not self-made. We are God-made. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So today, whatever shape your life is in, if you submit it to God, He's going to start making it into what He wants it to be. You know, I've talked about this. We've got, we got all these pieces over here, and there's all kind of choices that she can make. I mean, there's... Look at this. There's all kinds of pieces in there. How do you choose what you're going to use? Look at that. Now, do you think... Do you think this can be used in that? Why not? Too big. Too big. 
Some people think I'm just too big for God. I've had people walk in my church. Well, uh, Pastor Sosa. Oh, nice to meet you. Well, do you know who I am? <laughs> no. Well, that hurt. I broke a little bit of their life. Well, you should know who I am. You need to get broken. That's who you need to be. You need to humble yourself and come into the presence of God and say, God, I'm nothing. I can't breathe without you. I can't live without you. I can't take another step without you. God, I can't do anything without you. With man, nothing is possible. But with God, all things are possible. If a man wants to build a church, he's doing it in vain. Unless God builds the church, it builds in vain. And unless you let God build your life, you're going you're gonna to have a, a certain shape and piece of life, but it's not going to fit. God's going, I can't, I can't put you in until you get broken. Humble yourself. Deny yourself. Take up a cross. Follow me. Follow me. That young man with all of his possessions, give all of your wealth to the poor and follow me. That was too big of a request. He couldn't dare break up his checking accounts. He couldn't dare break up all the investments that he had. He walked away filled with sorrow. Walked away. Whose choice was it? Yes. He was invited. He was included. He was important. He was that one piece. I wonder what God could have done with his life had he followed Christ. He might have a book of the Bible named after him. But all we know him is as the rich young ruler. That's it. I wonder how many other people I wonder how many other people could not be broken. It's not going to break. I've seen people go through hard times in their lives and, and they would never call upon God. They would never ask God to forgive them. They would sit there and plead with them. Come on. And you know, you know this, this, is a, this is an opportunity that God's using to try to get you to wake up, open your eyes and see the truth. It's an opportunity. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. I am the one in control of my life. I'm telling you. There's always got to be truth on both sides. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. And narrow is the way that leads to life eternal, and few there be that find it. There's a lot of pieces up here. But not all of these pieces are fitting into the mosaic. You know why? They're not that piece. Oh, the artist wants to use all of these. But some of them will not allow themselves to be broken into the right place. In church today, we've got to come to God broken. Broken. 
Would you stand with me this morning? That piece, the mosaic. When the artist finishes something, he signs his name off on it or her name off on it. And when God created man, he signed off and said, this is good. In my image, God. Today, you've been created in God's image. You are His handiwork. But I got to tell you, He constantly chips off pieces so that you fit into the mosaic. What, one of the tools that, that the artist has up here with the mosaic is very harsh. You know what this does? Chips off pieces of glass that don't fit. Breaks, crushes. It's a very harsh thing. And I believe that every Sunday since I've been here for two years, I've had an altar call for a specific thing. And you know what God impressed upon my heart this week? He said, Pastor, do you remember when you were a kid? And the preacher would get through preaching. And then everybody just found a place to pray. And I dealt with every heart exactly how I wanted to deal with them. And so today I purposely ended my message with about 10 minutes before 12. And I would like for all of us to spend about 10 minutes. I would love for you to come to the front and humble yourself before God. Every knee shall bow. And every message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.